And just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them, you thank them. I mean, really. People, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, Stephanie, you. just you cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals, and welcome you all, all our listeners, all of our fans, to the 150th episode of the A Show. 150 weeks. We started this from humble beginnings. Well, really, just me calling Meals and saying, "Okay, get your mic out. Let's do this right now." Uh, and, and we, we've grown to, to this. There's a 150th episode, 150 weeks. I just told Mills that and he, he did not seem enthused that he's talked to me for 150 weeks. <laughs> I don't want to say that I didn't seem enthused. Don't, don't put words in my mouth. It's more so like, yo, you realize, you know what? You know what it was? I'm watching the Joe Budden podcast, right? And, I'm I'm seeing their whole back and forth with Spotify and a lot of different things. And they all they asked for was like, hey, we need a break for the holidays. And Spotify said, actually, that will not happen. Actually, y- you guys will continue to record because this is part of your contract. And I'm like, damn, that sucked. Um, but luckily, we don't have those kind of issues because we are a lowly, non-DSP, uh, exclusive related podcast we're kind of just like you know we're building our own as we build our own thing um i'm not i'm not you know disappointed at all i think 150 it's crazy that i'm doing it for 150 weeks straight and that we can actually put that claim to fame i think the hardest part about podcasting um they even said that i mean they said on joe button podcast but Honestly, I feel like I've been podcasting longer than he is, so I'm going to take the veteran responsibility on this. <laughs> um, the hardest part about it is definitely keeping consistency, and we've been as consistent as they come, and I think that the people have appreciated it. So thank you to everyone who has listened over the last 150 weeks, or even if you've been listening for 75 weeks, or even if you've been listening for 50 weeks, or even if this is your first week listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast, because, you know, we couldn't do it without you guys honestly and that's that's the truth yeah i i i really think that when you, when you think of what the a show has done it's more than really just a platform i mean it is two two friends learning more about each other and 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 you know talking to each other every single week through wrestling but it's also like this was the thing that catapulted so many things that we have now whether it be uh, the elite channel, whether it be, you know, the lookout, whether it be any like RNC radio in general, it wasn't a thing before the A show and the, the A show kind of pioneered that idea and, and made me believe that this type of thing was possible. So, you know, if not for the listeners, if not, if not for the people saying, yo, I listen to your show every single morning, as soon as it hits at 5am, you know, it gets me right on my commute to work. I listen to it at the gym. You know, I've had people come up to me before in, in the city and say that they listen to the show. You know what I mean? Like that, I have that's never had that crazy. experience ever in my life, but I mean, God, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you, that one gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> Even down to the people that that like say that they, you know, 
you know, people within the industry that listen to it or, or people outside of the industry that listen to it. Like that's, that's, a, you know, I don't want to say like, oh my God, we're, you know, we have so much clout, but that it's, it just makes me feel really good that something that we create, um, gives people so much joy and it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a crazy feeling. <laughs> you know, you know what I like to ask for our listeners and it's great that we're doing this on the top of the show. First of all, what I'd like to ask is honestly rate our stuff five stars on itunes and then all this other stuff and follow us on rnc radio live and give us all your you know follows and stuff but what i'd really like to ask is uh, more particularly what would you guys like to see from like the next 150 episodes or even next 50 episodes or even like moving forward what would you guys like to see do you guys like more of the the hot takes should we continue should we bring it back a little bit more often than we do now do you guys want to see something new incorporated do you guys want to see more, listen to more guests do you guys want to hear wrestlers what do you guys want to actually listen to um our hotlines are open for free to at myself and justin we'll take everything kind of account especially considering you guys are the ones who make our show damn why did this thing in the background have to just start thinking in the background but what was that <laughs> i don't know it's just i don't know if i'm being abducted or what but you know New that's York, what happens that's when what we it is. It's what happens when we shield too much from the show. They, a little bit. A <laughs> they little take bit. us away. The white, a little bit. And you you know what's crazy is that, like, the white people still haven't taken us yet. So, like, that, I mean, we, we, we've just been, we've been real. Like, we haven't been sucked up by any entity yet. We haven't sold out. We've even, we've even tried ads on the show and people, like, really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't, you, like, I never you, thought that was possible. You know what was the best part of ads on the show? When people were genuinely happy for us that we had ads on the show. I thought right. that was the most amazing thing on earth. That kind of feel feeling of community. And it didn't go unnoticed because I legitimately thought that was the most awesome thing in the world. Because it kind of shown our growth. Now, since then, we have not had ads on the show for various reasons. For reasons that, that process is so... That process is so like the 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 actual uh, site or or resource we were using for that it was so like crushing it was almost like filling out a job interview right like yeah and then you you know I don't want to get too much into it but yes and and the thing was it's like we have the, should I shoot on that resource right now the thing about that resource the thing about that resource is is that I recommended it to our peers you know what I'm saying like I recommended it because. The way it was given to us, it was like, yes, this is a platform for people who don't necessarily can't get all the big ads or the big name ads who aren't like on Spotify or who aren't doing all these things. These are for people. So you have sort of that, you know, that direct link to a company and you can pitch it to them and you can, you know, do this and make a little money. So I legitimately offered it to people and i was like hey this is a great resource it worked out for us i hope it works out for you guys and then it just sucked hearing nothing from them either and it was just you know it's unfortunate i think a lot of us are cr coming up with creative content i want to shout out to all the podcasts who are kind of doing it the the you know shout out to stack Eye greg and gp shout out to the black announce table shout out to uh you know Oh, I was on the Gully Blanchard podcast the other day. Shout out to them. That was a fun experience. Um, but shout out to everybody who's kind of really doing it. I mean, there's there's even more. Damn, I don't want to like think because I'm obviously going to forget the names. But there's so many people actually doing it and creating this great content um, and creating just being creatives in itself and just being creative things. And we deserve an opportunity to be fired, too, because we do the damn thing. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Wrestle Rap too. Wrestle Rap too. Why did I forget Wrestle Rap? That's like our humble beginnings. Yeah, that that really is. 
I wouldn't know you without Russell Rap and, and 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 Emilio and Kaz and and Jeff J and everybody there. Like so, shout out to them. Ben Coyle, um, you know, and and even around to like shit. I'll even say Busby was a big part of like the reason why this type of show exists. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of crazy, right? But but I mean, even like, even to some of our new pals, you know, what I'm saying like 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 Novak, who who just a incredible resource of just information and. You know, being so tapped in, and you know, I look to his. That's, that's the first account I look at in the morning and find out news. You know what I mean? It's his, it's his account, and, and now you know, we these, have these are... now we have our own network. You know what I'm saying? Now we have Spot Callers hosted by Cyrus. Now we have the War Report hosted by Cyrus. And thank you to everybody in the past, um, over the last number of years, who you know helped out. I mean, from Rajani to, to Kaido to everybody else who helped kind of build this from here on. I'm not going to ignore them just because we're no longer working with them, but I would like to at least thank them for helping out in this sort of uh, process moving forward. And we've got a new show with Armand and Channing and stuff. They did a great episode, by the way. In episode two, the Shawn Michaels, what if he never broke his back story? It's like an angle that I don't think is talked about enough because without it... It would change everything. (laughs) It would change so much because if, if anyone was built for that like second half of the attitude era like the the attitude era boom it was him um and probably would have added a lot more star like added a lot more stars to matches because the attitude era like most notably has like shitty matches um has no five stars no yeah (laughs) no five stars (laughs) not one so he would have definitely added to that but like even that shout to armand shout to channing shout to cc and and everybody three writers room shout to just everything we're building and we continue to hope to build and create an amazing network and content for you guys that's it yeah so so yeah that that is our 150 spiel uh i i think that meals would agree that we're going to save a bigger show for 200 so stick with us until around this time next year, we'll be at we'll be at uh two hundred. So come twenty twenty one, we'll be here. Unless yeah. unless Mills hits me in the back with it with a steel chair and says there's Plan B. Um, no, nah, I don't think I'll do that. I, I, I'll probably do it to you. Um, let's get into the let's get into the news. <laughs> let's get into the news. Uh, first up, shout out to Robert O'Neill. Uh, he is. I have to say, wrestling Twitter pariah, right? Like he is—he's okay. Because like I was—I was confused for a second because I was like, I thought you hated him. <laughs> I don't hate Robert. I'm not like Robert hate, but like you know, I—I I actually think he needs more hate. He needs some of the hate that I get, honestly. Shit, but um, you no, he's a great guy, strong and very well, my friend. Ah, uh, whatever. He's—he's—he's uh, he's a, he's a great guy. He—he he, um, you know, he—he's one of another one of the great content creators and, and voices on wrestling Twitter. Along with a lot of the many other ones that have, that have popped up since we started on the scene. But, um, after Sunday's payback show, he was looking for Brock Lesnar merch. And I saw this in real time happen. Um, he saw that there was no Brock Lesnar merch and he was not on the site. So he said, something's up. And next thing you know, there was a fightful report that came out on Monday that Brock Lesnar was now a free agent. Somehow the two year deal slipped past me. That deal started, I thought that deal started with the Kane match. It's been two years since that. So I was more so confused that it was just only two years i thought and and the thing is the two-year deal it started during the because remember it kind of low-key expired during that summer when he when when brock was supposed to brock dropped the title to roman in 2018 
And they were supposed to go to Saudi and do that next show. And then Roman has to give up the title. So we all thought Braun was going to win the title around this time. Um, yes. And then, of course. We had to they, wait another year for that. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, of course not. That never happened um, until just late right now. But that's the time period that I remember. So the fact that his his entire contract has just expired and they haven't come to a new deal. It's interesting. And it, and it makes me kind of think more so of like maybe because I'm looking at it from the the, the deals that WWE are giving out now. Um, this isn't Brock's first deal. This is actually probably going to be like his fifth or sixth deal um, in, in like the last like, let's say, 20 years or so, um, which is quite a bit. But WWE, they're locking down people. They're not necessarily giving out these deals. And it's just like, oh, Brock probably wants if, if I'm Brock and I know the commodity that I am and I know that thing, I'm not really tied to a company that long. So I'm doing one-year deals, two-year deals. It's like, you know, what Braun does. Like, you know, Braun comes out, he was like, oh, you know, he's just re-upping every year. Like, don't even worry about it. Like, sometimes he may want to return to L.A. He may want to go back to Cleveland. I doubt that he's ever going back to Cleveland. Oh, I thought um, you meant Braun Strowman. You meant LeBron. I was no, like, No, I was talking about <laughs> No. <laughs> Braun's in whatever he, whatever mess he's in right now. <laughs> um, you got to no. say the whole name. You know, it's, it's two different Braun. I know of. <laughs> I, listen, I just, I'm thinking you, L.A. Braun. Listen, I, this is oh, what it okay. is. Um, but it, I'm thinking similar to that for Brock Lesnar. But, you know, just to hear that he hasn't signed, I mean, it may be. I'm only saying that maybe it's the deal that WWE's bring to him. And he's just like, nah, I'm not really trying to be here for that long. What, what do you make of Brock Lesnar no longer being currently employed in WWE? It's a little bit of that. And also, I think it's a little bit of <clears throat> where the world is right now. I think because of COVID, he's probably thinking, why the hell would I sign right now? I'm not leaving to go there with, with that sloppy shit y'all had going on. Um, I'm not, and I think, honestly, it is what, like, you saw many people return once they, once they started normalizing testing and went to an actual arena. Everyone came back because they, because they're, they're not playing that shit in the Amway Center. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, at the end of the day, I think that a lot of it had to do with COVID and the fact that he's probably not leaving Saskatchewan or wherever the hell he lives uh, to, to put his family at risk or in danger. I think that this is more than likely going to be his last deal. Same way with like uh, Ray Mysterio signing that three-year deal with an option. I think he had his option out like a year and a half in, in a year and a half or something like that. And I think Brock is just being smart about it. I, I don't think he's not going to come back. I think he, again, look at his last deal. He worked so many pay-per-views <laughs> in the last two years. More than we've ever seen him. Like, like the, the whole Brock is a part-timer thing is capped now. He worked almost every Saudi event, I think. Like, more than more than one Saudi event. Oh, if he it was worked, a Saudi event, he definitely was going. I mean... He was he was there. And, and he worked so many Raws leading up to WrestleMania. Especially the, even the ones with Drew before Mania uh, of this year. He did a lot. And, and I think, you know, if he wants to break, that's fine. Um, there, You know, there's nothing really popping anyway. He if can't really he travel. wants a break... <laughs> I mean, but I'm saying, but the thing I'm, I'm, I'm saying just in terms of like the fact that he had this, this deal before and he worked so much. So like, yeah, if he wants I to guess. go back to that once, once every quarter type deal, that's probably what he's working out. I, I really just don't think, I think people are being a little bit too quick to the draw to say he's going to like another company or, or even UFC. He still has fines. He still, he's still got fined by USADA that he hasn't paid at, at UFC yet. So yeah, um, I don't I, think at this point at this age in his career, he really wants to be punched in the head for real. Like, I, I <laughs> 
I, I don't think, considering his family, his long, the, the reason why he resigned was because he was like, listen, I'm not going back to UFC. Like, it's, with everything, with concussions and all this other stuff like that, like, yeah, it's great. But at the end of the day, it's like, I got to make sure to be able to be in the best shape to take care of my family and getting kicked in the head for real is not part of that plan. Um, so, you know, t- no, I'm pretty sure he's never going to AEW. I mean, I don't want to say never say never. But I would say it's I'd, I'd say never say never. And when it comes to WWE stuff, like people coming back, I would definitely say never if it's AEW. Like when you even think about and I hate to be crossing into war report territory here, but like think about the amount of people he would leapfrog and, and the people that they're trying to develop on that show. Oh, no, nah, he, be be, he, he would be beating <laughs> up John Moxley on Saturday. Like he's exactly just, <laughs> like. And never work MJF would be a a, a street memory. Like it would. No be, one would, would beat him. Yeah. <laughs> no one would beat him. He's not taking the one wing angel. He's not taking any of the young buck shit. He's not doing <laughs> it, bro. Like, I, and and I think this is one of the great. Like, I think he would definitely be an asset. Of course, he's an asset. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But I think that in 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 terms of like where would he go next, that just doesn't seem like a viable destination for him, especially with what they're trying to build. I don't think it would it would it would bring them eyes, but I think it would be in the sense of like he would be squashing their whole roster. Let's be yeah. clear here. Yeah. People would hate it. It just would it, it wouldn't be a good fit for their roster. I don't think so at least. It would be a great from like attraction and I think AEW still needs that major attraction and it similar to Hulk Hogan coming to you know, WCW. I don't think John Moxley is it. I think he is one part of it, but I don't think he is it, but they definitely need that sort of main attraction and they haven't got it yet, so I don't know if I was Tony Khan, I'd be like, listen, you want a stake in the Jaguars? You want part of the field? Do you want anything else? But I, I really doubt at this point we're going to get it. Um, yeah. Uh, next up on the slate, uh, Mauro Ronaldo and WWE parted ways this week um, after an amicable split between the two. Uh, Mauro put out a statement online saying, you know, this was a completely amicable split. I had to, you know, I, I wanted to spend time to take care of my mother, who I didn't know he was taking care of, and also my own mental health. Uh, I wish WWE the best in all of their endeavors, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Look at that. You the better take that power, white man, and say, listen, I wish y'all the best in y'all endeavors. That's what you, you know, <laughs> that's how you got to do it. That's how you got to do it. Very, very storied uh, WWE career for Moro. Um, of course, he started out on SmackDown. We were all very excited about that. Moro was the absolute best at what he did. He came from, of course, the boxing world, and he did some New Japan uh, commentating for a minute. Came to SmackDown. Uh, then we had that weird Bullygate stuff with JBL, which turned out to be completely false. <laughs> and then, what, have people apologized to JBL for that yet? No, but it's easy not to apologize to JBL. Look at him. Okay. Uh, and then we went to NXT. Uh, his, his NXT run, I, I have to admit, for the first year or so, definitely one of the great uh, commentary roles of, 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 of all time. I mean, you go even to um, the, the ladder match. I think the calls during the ladder match are one of my favorite calls from any announcer ever. Like, it's JR level in me. And then it just kind of, like, petered off. I, I think I think Moro, I won't want to say he caught, caught on to his own hype, but I think he caught on to trying to top that every single time out. And I think that really uh, that really kind of stunted his growth on the NXT roster uh, as an announcer. But I have to say, like, he, he's a great catch. Um, but once again, like, when it comes to your mental health, definitely put yourself first and also put your family first as well. You know, it's crazy because I love 
you know, I love what Morrow provided over the last number of years, and I do think that he was a great addition to the roster, but I never saw him as like a lifer in WWE. Um, I always kind of saw this transition eventually happening because there's just so much things that are going on with Morrow, and then there's so much things that just outside of the WWE, I, I believe he loves to explore. Um, there are people, you can clearly see who are the lifers or attempted lifers. You can clearly see because they're essentially like, it's like they butted off of Michael Cole, like the Tom Phillips or the, or the, um, uh, Vic Josephs or all these other people. Like you can clearly kind of see, well, I don't want to say Vic Joseph because I actually don't think Vic Joseph is a lifer as well because he's done quite a bit outside of WWE as well. But you can clearly see the direction of where WWE is going with their announced kind of roster and people like that. Um, I never really figured Moro into plans full, you know, for long term, but I'll be honest, I was excited to hear the news that uh my man <laughs> Wade Barrett was about to get, you know, they about to back up the, the a little bit of the truck, not the full truck, but you know. No, they're backing up a, they're backing up a uh a Prius <laughs> for him, not the not the Bricks truck. They're backing up a Prius for Wade Barrett to be the long-term uh NXT announcer. But you know what's crazy about you saying that that you were excited about that? Wade Barrett signing pretty much kind of means Nigel ain't coming back. No, Nigel Nigel's over in UK. Wait, first of all, have you seen the new UK set? Yeah, it looks amazing. It looks, I don't know what dump they were, you know, recording out of before, but this blows it out the water and they need to stay wherever the hell they're at. Because Listen, listen man, we, we're 18 days away from NXT UK coming back. I am going to watch. I'm going to see what's up. I haven't seen these these performers in such a long time. They've um, they've just got longer mustaches and longer beards and different <laughs> and, and they're, similar haircuts. They're, pa- they're paler. <laughs> they yeah, more pale. Um, but again, like there there is some really great talent there. I I really thought that that NXT UK was picking up steam right before COVID hit. They had that really good takeover. Um, Kaylee Ray was on top. I mean, they even put her in the War Games match. Um, I, you had Druganoff storyline that was going crazy. Walter and Finn was about to happen. Uh, there was just so much stuff that was leading in a positive direction for them. Mm-hmm. Now that they're back with with a little bit less sex pests, then we should be we should be on the roll there. So I can't wait to see what they what they provide uh, in the next coming weeks. Yeah, I I, I can agree. Uh, next up, let's get through payback. It was on Sunday. Yeah, WWE payback. What? Shoot, man. One of the best two-hour and 30-minute pay-per-views I've ever seen in my life. You know, I don't think... All right, so here's here's my thoughts on Payback. It wasn't a, like, oh, my God, groundbreaking. Oh, this was amazing. Oh, oh, oh. It was just really good from top to bottom. And that's not, like, underselling it, because I don't want to think of underselling it. Because to get a pay-per-view where every match doesn't disappoint... Like... Every match is good in its own particular way is incredible, but man, like you said, just a great two and a half hours. It was much better than watching, like, in my opinion, watching Monday Night Raw. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's really amazing that they not only created two new stars on that show in uh, Keith Lee and Shayna Baszler. Because I'm sorry, like that was her star making performance. Actually, no, f that. You also had Dominic three, because yeah. Dominic really showed his he showed his ass. I think you had three stars that were made that night, uh, but you also have like a really really solid Matt Riddle uh, Baron Corbin match that I think no one expected to to be as hard hitting and and really just like it was a it was a slugfest. That match was really fucking great. Listen, I think 
everyone from top to bottom. I can't say there's a bad match on the show. I can't say there was a even, you know, you go through the matches, you talk about that Shayna Baszler moment. That was just incredible. I mean, and the match itself was nothing but because Bailey and Sasha Banks, they're just amazing workers. They're just amazing for their time. Um, but to have that match with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, I kind of hope we get a rematch as much as like we get a lot of rematches for a lot of things. I mean, we've seen Dominic versus Seth Rollins for like four times in the past like eight days. Um, but it, it was just so good in the Matt Riddle, Baron Corbin match as well. I mean, I think that's another one that people really kind of, I wouldn't say slept on, but it's just like, you've seen Baron Corbin, you've seen them all. And I think Matt Riddle brought a different kind of aggression out of King Corbin because he kind of had to match it with the aggression that Matt Riddle was bringing, especially after that They tweet. clicked. Oh my they God. clicked. They clicked really well, and I think that you know, well, I mean, of course, the tweet talking about Baron Corbin saying that Matt Riddle failed as a husband. Uh, so it looks as though it, it seems as though we're going there. Mills. He just said <laughs> failed we're at home. He didn't. I don't think he said failed at a husband. He said failed it's at same home. same shit. You already know what he meant. You know what he meant. And we know where he's going with that. And I think it's a very very interesting road to take. Uh, I I don't know how you circumvent or clear the accusations that that went against Matt Riddle. Of course, we talked about this at length about a month ago, a month or so ago, uh, back in the archives. Um, you know, Matt Riddle coming out and saying, "Hey, I I had an extramarital affair uh, with with this woman." You know, you know these things happen. Of course, Candy Cartwright coming out and saying, "You know, he assaulted me during our relationship." Uh, it was extramarital. It's messy, right? I think we both can agree that it's messy as hell. But I think going going here with the with the reality based storyline with SmackDown is known to do for some strange reason. Look at Jeff Hardy is a very slippery slope, and I'm wondering how they're going to navigate this. But I mean, we'll see in the in the coming weeks. But it seems to be that, that they're poising Matt Riddle to to have some sort of storyline that takes him out of the bro story and the and the bro personality and have him be a little bit more of a serious character. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like. I I kind of like the bro thing. I don't. I, but well, I, I don't think he's gonna re- abandon it. But I think they're gonna show the two sides. Like it's a, right. like okay, you're you're more than just the flip flops, right? Okay. All right. All right. I can see that. Um, I mean, there was another. I think there was another star making moment. Keith Lee oh, yeah. versus Randy Orton. I think no one. No one thought. Here's the thing. We we pegged Keith to win, but we said we wouldn't be mad. But I still don't think me or you expected him to win. <laughs> I don't. It, did I expect him to beat Randy Orton in six minutes and forty seconds? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Not like at all. it. It it was a great sort of contest. It kind of proved. I mean, it it proved. Continue to prove what we've been actually saying that like Heath Lee is kind of built for the main roster, like built for the WWE. I think he's just got this great timing and he's got this great presence and putting him in the ring and putting him, having him in these opportunities, even, you know, you're going to see on Monday Night Raw when we talk about it, having him these opportunities continues to peg him as sort of a star. And you can talk about all the outfits and the attire and the music and all the other stuff. None of that stuff is going to matter in three months. I promise you, none of that stuff is going to matter when as my prediction has been, when he wins the Royal Rumble in January, none of that's going to matter um, because you're going to be seeing really a birth and a, a coming of a new star that WWE has kind of sorely needed for a very, very long time. 
Absolutely. And I, I want to talk about with Alvarez before we take a real uh, a quick break. Uh, Alvarez said that the, the win that Keith Lee uh, had against Orton didn't do much for him. It didn't do much for Keith Lee uh, on the main roster. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. That's, Fuck that's you, bro. terrible. <laughs> Fuck you. That's that's white, terrible. You, you, like like your white lily ass. Fuck you, bro. That's that's big. That's a big moment that none of us thought was gonna happen. And it, and quite honestly, it's a it's it's something that should happen. I think a lot more often, and especially in it, I give it off to Randy to actually like put him over in the way that he put him over. Randy Orton took and, conti- and continued to do so, and continued to put him over even on Raw. Yeah. First of all, launching that Randy Orton up in the air. I don't think Randy Orton has ever in his life have been tossed up like that since he was probably like two years old. So just made, seeing... made him look like a million bucks. And, and listen, man, I'm sorry, Mills. Read, I'm reading between the fucking lines of that of that statement that he said on, on Observer Radio. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Mills who said what for posting that up this morning. It doesn't do anything for you. Well, it did a lot to to young black kids who saw that on screen. Or, or or black wrestling fans that are so sorely wanting representation in a positive way that, again, we're always kind of one step forward, one step back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see the amount of even African-Americans on the show, the amount of African-Americans on, on Raw and SmackDown that get opportunities on, on AEW, that get opportunities. These types of wins and, and positions mean something for us. You might not fuck with it because you don't like the show. But think about your listeners and the people. Well, I'm sorry, your listeners are all white. You're right. So you know what? I'm done. I'm done. That was a, that was that was just the 150 week rant. Listen, Keith Lee is out of here. I'm just letting you guys know. So if you guys are doubting him now, saying these wins don't matter, trust me, it's going to happen for a long time and it's going to keep happening for quite some time. So just you know, make sure you stay tuned. Quite honestly, let's uh, let's roll into first of all, just everything like we've said before, everything on this card has been stellar. We got a new United States champion with Bobby Lashley. We, we can talk about that on Monday Night Raw, but probably thought it was the best decision. Uh, we thought it was the best decision going into it. So, hey, um, let's talk about the main event. Triple threat match. No holes barred. Universal championship. We have to go. We have, But before we talk about the main event, we have to roll back to SmackDown. Yes. So how about we take a quick break? Uh, okay. Then we talk about the payback uh, main event. SmackDown, and then going to Raw. How about that? All right. That sounds good. All right. So on the A-Show, we'll be right back with all those reviews and much, much more in just a couple seconds. Bear with us, y'all. Be right back. A-Show family. Come here real quick. Just go ahead and put your hand on top of your headphones. Just, just come a little bit closer. Just come a little bit closer. Listen, listen, listen. Listen to this. Do you secretly want James Harden and the Houston Rockets to lose as much as I know that Jeff does but secretly does not want to tell me for the sake of the show? Listen, I think that you should make sure that you now have a new friend, not only in Jeff, but in the other half of the greatest basketball duo known to man. Tune into the Elite Media Group channel to hear myself and Jeff every single Tuesday with RSPN. And if that's not enough basketball for you, make sure that you're also tuned in to Play for Keeps, which has a very detailed conversation on the NBA playoffs, as well as everything else to fill your NBA cravings with Cam and Drew. Both sides of the conversation, both sides of the game, all on the Elite 
Media Group Network. In the meantime, let's get you back into some more A-Show, J5 and Meals. And we're back on the 150th, I almost said 45th, 150th episode of the A-Show. I am Justin, of course, here with <laughs> here with Meals, five weeks later. Um, we, of course, are talking about last weekend's Payback Show, uh, and we're also talking about, I mean, the biggest news of the weekend. This literally hit days before payback and we had to wait to see what happened yeah it was weird it was weird all right so let's paint the picture for this smackdown which got its highest rating since april because thunderdome and then also everything that's been leading out from summerslam they the post summerslam sort of uh impact i think was massive i think wwe knew that they had something with roman reigns returning especially full-time to the ring um, it was in this capacity that was very exciting. They knew they had something with it. They legitimately made you wait until the very last moment of SmackDown. You watched the entire show to figure out what was going on with Roman Reigns. Um, I think it was a great SmackDown. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about like some extra stuff that happened, but the idea was, okay, we're not doing the typical contract signing. Thank God. Thank God. Cause we know how these end. Um, so we're going to have Adam Pierce, who is now Vince McMahon's new right-hand man, which I am all for, go around to all three competitors in this match and get signatures. He manages to go into the Firefly Funhouse. He talks to Bray Wyatt. He gets the signature there. He manages to go to Braun with a weird haircut. He gets a signature there. And then we go to the big dog, Roman Reigns, and it's like, I'm not sure if I'm feeling this contract. I'm not sure if I like everything that's going on here. I don't know. I don't know about this. Um, but I, what I do know is that if I get into this match, I will be the universal champion. And that is not a prediction. That is a spoiler. And he looks over. We pan to the left. And there's old Paul E. Dangerously sitting on him on the couch right next to Roman Reigns. But this is before the Brock Lesnar news even hits. So we're like, what the fuck is going on here? Or is this the new, you know, what even? What were your first thoughts when you heard and or seen this? Oh, man. I, of course, I, I get smacked down a little bit later, unfortunately. So, I mean, it, it had been uh, intimated, too, before I saw it. Uh, I saw I saw the picture. I think, of course, I was on Instagram and WWE doesn't give a shit about your time zone. So I no. saw the picture of it. <laughs> I saw the picture of it before I actually saw the show. So I was waiting, and I think Cyrus even said you might you, you should still watch it because what what how they introduce it was great. And let me tell you, I you know what you know I thought it was masterful last week how they introduced Roman. I thought it was also masterful this week how they introduced Paul. Um, I I don't know if you noticed, but you see Adam Pierce look over at Paul. Of him off camera at the end so the way that paul is actually brought into frame is crazy and i i i wish i wish i wish <laughs> we had a crowd for this right because this is a moment that they would always remember forever and i i, I think that you know him using the the, the Heyman slang and then Heyman using the believe that such a great twist of the character that leaves you asking questions. We're still asking questions to this day. Even at Payback, which had a, a pretty solid main event between the Braun and the Fiend uh, before Roman actually signed the contract. That was the, the overarching story of the, of the show, right? Was that Roman still hadn't signed. Paul said, he's going to be there. Don't worry. But we're just going to, you know, we're, we're going to wait to sign this contract. So you get 10 minutes 
of, of uh, Braun and Bray beating the hell out of each other before Roman comes out, signs the, signs the paper uh, with, with Heyman, throws the pin, and comes in with a chair, spears, uh, spears the Fiend, Fiend kicks out, of course, because he's the Fiend, kicks the Fiend in the nuts, spears Braun, one, two, three for the win, everybody erupts. I mean, I really want to ask you, Mills, we never saw this with John Cena. He never flipped, ever. Everyone never, no one ever believed that Roma would ever flip because they looked at it as a John Cena, we're going to keep him face no matter what. How do you feel about this this course correction with Roman in that we're going to completely say, you know what, he's not the top face anymore. We don't need that John Cena top face. We have that in a Drew. We have that in a Kevin Owens. We have that in a Keith Lee. We're going to let Roman do this. How do you feel about that change of heart here? Because I think that's pretty, that's a big thing that no one's really talking about. So I don't know if it's truly, I think it's a change of character for Roman Reigns, more so than a change of allegiance. And I'll say this because I feel like they've, they've seen kind of the route that it's going to go. This is an opportunity where you have the top guy off for quite a considerable amount of time. You actually have the opportunity to do something. And as opposed to just coming back, doing the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. You have an opportunity. There's no crowds. There's no people to kind of like shit on your product or take a hold of the show or kind of course correct anything like that. You have the real true opportunity to be a creative. This is something that WWE has never done before because they have never decided, okay, we're going to take our top guy and we're going to transform him into a heel. I mean, they've done it unsuccessfully, but we're going to take our top guy, transform him into a heel and um or tweener i don't know at this point um, he's he's a he's a heel i i, I mean and, and they they made it so clear like people were literally still asking if he was a heel or not the next day and i'm like he because kicked the fiend it, in the nuts <laughs> he, he's such a but here's the thing it's such like a rent i think this is more so of a character shift for roman reigns and i think because we're going to get this with a lot more you know attitude we're going to get this with a lot more um him speaking kind of like how he actually is and i think it's going to add a lot more development to the arc of roman reigns for the last five years we've been talking about the same roman reigns and like here we go with the same character arc even last week we we're like joking about like does he do it at mania again like does he come up and you know fight whoever at mania again and it's like i can't handle that and i think a lot of people realize that we just can't handle it. we have to do something else and i think this is an era where wwe talent has a lot more things to say. We are in an era where Paul Heyman is still under contract, but Brock Lesnar is not. So we have things to do with this man that we are paying so heavily. Um, let's incorporate into the show. And it's it's great. It makes SmackDown, which is a show which suffered by like things like non-must-see things, especially with a lot of his top stars out and going through a lot of the motions over the last number of months, it makes it a must-see show, at least for this one particular character. That is a guy. That is a guy that you create. When you have a, a show and you're like, okay, we need to watch this to see what he is going to do next. That is when you have made a guy. And that's what Roman Reigns is at this point. He's a made man. Yeah, I, I mean, you got you to get that you got to get that heel thing off. I, I, I think that I'm pretty sure that this was back and forth for a while, whether they would do this, this, this turn. But I got to think that Roman probably was like, yo, I'm not coming back unless I get to do this shit. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I would imagine that he took the power in his own hands and said, this is how I got to come back. I got new teeth. I got a new attitude. And I, again, 
we'll be waiting. We will be waiting to to see uh, on Friday's SmackDown. You know how they will follow this up. Um, I mean, from what they've done these past this past week, they knocked it out the park. I think they they fully you know actualize the fact that this guy is not the same guy anymore. He don't even take his shirt off no more. He just he just wears merch and beats people up now. He don't even take the shirt off. So I, I think that like at at the end of the day, like this did this did a couple of things, and I, and I think people were kind of confused about this. This put Braun out of the title picture. He's lost twice. He's been pinned twice. Actually, like he's lost. He's done. He's he's gone. He's still a heel. But I also think this puts Fiend in the position, even though this weird Alexa Bliss thing is happening. I don't know what that is. Where he was screwed out of the title essentially by Roman and that that puts the the onus on it's going to be Roman versus the Fiend. However, like I don't know how this is going to work, Mills, because Roman's character isn't going to play that fairy tale children's show bullshit. That doesn't doesn't seem like it, it meshes to me. Um I think it's going to I think transforming the Fiend Bray Wyatt into a face and having that be a I think you can I I think you can you can play with it a little bit, especially with the interruptions and the whole like sort of sp- Figuring out, I think the fiend Bray Wyatt as a face. We've we've talked about it for quite some time. Is the direction that you want to go, especially when you have someone with Paul Heyman in his corner, where it's like, all right, does Roman have to protect Braun? Uh, I mean, does Roman have to protect Paul and all this other stuff? But you want to see the fiend get his hands on Paul, and maybe he transforms him or transports him into the the Firefly Funhouse. Like, what do we? There's so many different things. The light, the allegiances have completely changed on Friday Night SmackDown, which is exactly what that show needed. And you open up a lot of opportunities, and you open up a lot of doors. And quite honestly. Roman Reigns, bad guy, this is likely going to be his longest reign as a universal champion ever. I promise you. Yeah. I promise you. I just, it just is. It, and, it, that's let, how kind of heels in the fall work. Let's uncurse this belt. How about that? Let's uncurse this belt. This belt is fucking cursed. Let's put it on Roman and give him a long reign. We already have a bunch of faces that he could face, that he could go against right now. You've got Riddle. You've got, uh, you've got Daniel Bryan when he comes back. Well, well, f- first of all, Sur- Survivor Series. Can you imagine Survivor oh Series? Oh my God. What if we get, let's be clear. Okay. Let's be clear. Okay. Pie in the sky booking here. Keith Lee versus Roman Reigns could be something that happens at Survivor Series. I'm looking at, I'm looking at Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre right now. And I do that? think, I do think Keith Lee and Roman Reigns could happen. But when you look at the space that Roman Reigns, we've seen it before, but we've never seen them in the spaces that they're in currently right now. It's always been the opposite way around, which is honestly the easiest thing. But when you look at it in the space now, you have Drew McIntyre, who was previously beaten by Roman Reigns at WrestleMania last year. You have Roman Reigns completely in a new space, now represented by Paul Heyman, same Paul Heyman who represented the guy that Drew McIntyre beat a couple of months ago. So you have this entire kind of like new sort of look on it. That like could make Survivor Series very, 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 very interesting, and I yeah, know I'm it, looking way too far ahead now. No, you're not so because things- you're not because like if you look at the calendar immediately coming up, you've got Clash of Champions. It's looking like I'm just gonna guess. It's looking like the Fiend again. Um, you've got no pay per view. You've got no pay per views in October. So so no, nothing in October. November first is Hell in a Cell. Um. I would blow the Fiend stuff off there. And uh, which is going to be funny because that is the event where everyone like kind of turned the page on the Fiend is <laughs> Hell in a Cell. So doing that again is kind of interesting. But uh, you got Hell in a Cell the first. 
Then you got Survivor Series. I think Roman's pretty set. I, I think his the only thing we don't know yet would be his interim storyline before Mania. I mean, all th- all things said, well, who would be your top four going into Mania for Roman? Keith Lee. Um, in Mania? For Mania, yes. Keith Lee for Mania. I promise you. It's going to work. He's going to go to SmackDown. Yeah, he's going to... I won't say he's going to go to SmackDown, but he will challenge for a Universal Championship. Keith Lee. Um, I'm also saying... I don't want to say AJ, because I do think AJ, as good as he is, I do think they're going to end up like, okay, this is a Royal Rumble. This is like a, you know, leading into WrestleMania type feud. This is kind of something that we do. Um, Same with Daniel Bryan. There's not, I don't know if there's a four for Mania. Goldberg? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's one of my choices. Goldberg. um, If Brock signs again, there's Brock. You you change allegiances. It's awkward now. It's different. Brock Lesnar shows up at Royal Rumble randomly out of nowhere, decides to win it, and and it's like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> like Paul, what are you doing? Um, that's a that's a program, that's a story as well. Th- that's all I got. It's only big eyes. It's only big eyes. No Otis's. No, you know. Well, how's that going to handle? Well, before we get to that, how? Do, uh, well, I get to mine first. I think his top four should he stay on SmackDown, which I think they desperately need Roman on SmackDown. I don't think he's moving. Um. I think you you have Riddle, obviously you have Big E, but I I really think that I think someone I think Jeff on Twitter Red Sox said that he thinks Big E is going to go against Miz, and I think that actually does make a lot of sense. Um, I, but I still put Big E in there. I say Goldberg and Brock. I think Brock comes back and he's like, "What the hell <laughs> has happened since I've been gone?" And then you turn Brock into a mega face. It's the only it's the only thing Brock hasn't done. In his uh, in, since his return has become like a a, a baby face, so that would be a cool switch a switcheroo uh, for Mania. But Otis, what's up? What's going no. on? I mean, get him, <laughs> stay where you're at, bro. <laughs> what, are, what like, are you gonna do? <laughs> you beat up Otis. That's what you do. You say Otis, let's get the. I want him on Friday to be like Otis. Let's get this out of the way. Let's just do it now. I need you to do this now because. And Otis is dumb enough to do it right now, so it just is. It, it'll just work. But like Otis, let's get this out of the way. I'm not trying to have you hiding behind corners. You can't fit behind the damn pole. I don't know what you're hiding for. So I don't know what you, you know. I, I let's get this out of the way. Let's have this championship match on SmackDown. Let's do this right now. That's how I do it. If I, but I hate Otis, so you know, Jesus results Christ. may vary. <laughs> who would you have him drop? Who would you have him drop the briefcase to, or would you just do something different? The briefcase would have to evaporate, which sucks, but that's what happens when you put on Otis. Should have put on someone so, else. Well, I, I think, of, of course, hindsight being twenty twenty, they probably didn't think Roman was coming back until next year. And I think now I'm, I'm going to wonder what happens on SmackDown with Otis. They just now started showing him with the briefcase again. So who knows? But I, I really enjoy this this Roman fantasy booking. I think of, of anything that's happened since the Thunderdome, this is definitely the most compelling thing that has happened in WWE for the whole year. Um, even you know, including like, the, I, I think it would have been the Sasha Bailey thing if they had ended this if they had ended it a little earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It, suddenly, things feel a lot more important again. Absolutely. Um, um, speaking of important, Raw was a pretty important episode. I have to say oh, a lot of hold stuff. On. Before before we get into Raw, before we get into Raw, there's a there's a little element on SmackDown as well because Roman Reigns wasn't the only return this week. Oh my oh, no. god. 
Yeah, Sami Zayn. Zayn. Sami Zayn is back, and it shakes up the Intercontinental title scene. How do you feel? First of all, how do you feel about his general return to the show? And do you feel like this makes the Intercontinental title scene more interesting? Uh, this this was the return I was not spoiled on, so I was I was legitimately surprised. Um, oh damn! <laughs> Everyone kind of like buried the Sami Zayn return thing. Y- yeah, I, this is this is what I was not uh, I was not privy to before I watched the show. I was pre- pleasantly surprised. I think, of but course, they buried it kind of too because Sami Zayn kicks Jeff Hardy in the face and then exits out of the scene, and then Jeff Hardy gets back up, and then they play like Jeff Hardy's music again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the story is is that um, Sami doesn't have his team with him anymore. I think Nakamura and Cesaro's like you fucked off for four months. We're not with you no more. And I think even there, there's even teasing a breakup between Cesaro and Nakamura. Strangely, I'm like everyone's breaking up, and we'll talk about that more on, on Raw, but. Um, I, I, I think Sammy's storyline here is to finally get the undisputed Intercontinental Champion match going. I think that's the next step here. And then, I, I mean, I don't hate the Jeff Hardy Sammy thing, but I don't see a purpose for AJ versus Sammy at this point. We've seen it a lot in 2018, so we don't need to see it anymore. But, um, I, I think Sammy, of course, shakes up the mid card. Um, again, I, I, I love Sammy in matches. I think he's definitely the, the, a great guy on the mic and in the ring. I would love to see him keep the Intercontinental title though. <laughs> I'm just going to be selfish, but but I know they're going to keep it on Jeff, so I don't know. No, I I think actually they're going to keep it on Zayn. I think this was th- this was the shock kind of like, oh, Jeff Hardy, oh, he wins the Intercontinental Championship, and then they keep it on Zayn. I think that's the smarter idea. I think there's a lot more dance partners with Sami Zayn. I think um, Jeff Hardy just doesn't seem – it was so clearly – it's never been more clear – then in this in the Nak- in the Nakamura match on Friday, that Jeff Hardy is like three quarters slower than he has ever been before. Like he, it was, it was just so evident because I don't know. And then like Nakamura never really got going either because he kind of like needs the other person in the match to kind of like get going, or else he just kind of, you know, he kind of floats, he kind of hits the numbers, he kind of does what he does. So it was like. That match never got going, and I just felt bad for, you know, Jeff Hardy, like, watching. I was like, damn, he sucks. Like, this sucks. Um, So it, it was a it was a harrowing realization that Jeff Hardy might not be it anymore. But for, to put him on – just put on Sami Zayn. Why not? I mean, at this point, I'm cool, shoot. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. I mean, I, um, I enjoyed it. Quick thing, on also on SmackDown, before we head into Raw, for real, for real. Um, What did you think of the Alexa Bliss thing? We did talk about the Alexa Bliss thing. It was weird. But what did you think of it? It's funny that everyone thought it was Liv and it ended up being Alexa anyway. <laughs> That's so. They put too much stock Liv. in Liv. They just put too much stock in Liv. Yeah, it ended up not being her anyway. Um, I wait and see. I, I there's not much I can tell you on that. I, I think that she's the, the fiend has definitely changed her in a way, but I don't know which way. Usually, what the faces turn heel and the heels turn face when they mess with the fiend. So I would imagine. Fiends hey, going you one think way. she was messing with the fiend in a different way? You know what I'm saying? All right. Whoa, brother! Of course, the daily dose of of meals problematic. No, man, she's dating Ryan Cabrera, who has one of my favorite songs of all time. By the way, he might have changed her in a, in a way. Listen, maybe I'm blaming Miz for that. Miz is very, uh, you know, him and Ryan Cabrera are best friends. I'm pretty sure he set them oh, up. Oh, so you know what? I didn't- 
didn't know that. Listen, I know. Listen, I know all the Miz tidbits. Wait a minute, how did this come around to Miz? No, we're going to Raw. What the hell? How did this come back around to Miz? What the hell? You, you, that's what you were waiting for. You're sick, bro. Uh, Let's go to Raw. Raw. Raw was a very important show uh, that was capped eh. off, or not, or or really just kind of bookended by uh, three matches that would determine the number one contender for the WWE title. Uh, I think we all on the outset knew what it was going to be at the end, but it, it ended up being a three-way match between Keith Lee, who had a really good match against Ziggler in the top of the show, versus uh, uh, Seth Rollins, who had a match with Dominic Mysterio, which I thought was pretty cool as well, and uh, Randy Orton, who was... Uh, Listen, it's not me this time. I'm so happy that the police sirens are not me this time. <laughs> who, who was helped out by uh, Alistair Black in uh, a, re- a really cool storyline moment. Again, really story storyline based, but a really cool triple threat match to end the show. Of course, Keith Lee looks looking strong in the end, but not pinned. It was instead Seth Rollins, um, who sold the hell out of the spirit bomb. These guys have been giving Keith Lee a lot on his finisher, and it, and it makes it look like the coolest move on the show, really. Listen, if there's only if there's a person on this roster who should be doing a spirit bomb in that sort of fashion, it's this man Keith Lee. Like he just brings it, they sell it. He's a massive guy. It just works. I'm I'm all for it. Um, I I I would like to say, I mean, you know, I thought Raw was okay. I mean, they they did the best. This is kind of like the standard like post SummerSlam. Let's start building for another thing kind of ordeal. So I wasn't completely mad at it. Um. I did like the the Dominic and Seth Rollins match a lot and the interesting developments with Seth Rollins, but now that he is, like, angry at his disciple, um, wonder how that's going to go, because I can't imagine a major Murphy split, honestly. Um, <laughs> I can't either. Unless unless they're, unless because of the, the draft, we are about to get a breakup between Seth and Murphy. That's the only thing. I if can Murphy's think of. on, if, if if Murphy goes to SmackDown, he's cooked. And if he leaves Seth, he's cooked. So <laughs> they better be drafted together <laughs> because he's cooked either way. He will be on main event with wrestling Mustafa Ali for the umpteen time. Like you know, he is smoked. I, I will I will agree with that. I mean, he will be jobbing to Riddle or Braun Strowman in no time. <laughs> The thing is, is like as good as it is, we've had all this character development with Seth Rollins, but Buddy Murphy has not received the same sort of a blessing with this new gimmick as well. So we'll see how it goes. But I did think the main event was awesome. I popped major for the RKO into the rolling dive into a. Pin oh my god, <laughs> Randy! Listen, if you would have told me at the end or of last year that my top wrestlers, top ten, Randy Orton would be in this list and Keith Lee would be in this list. I would have laughed you, at you in the face. Like these are, I mean, essentially the, the triple threat was three of the guys that I think are going to end up in a lot of people's top fifteen, top ten this year. And I thought they did an amazing job for for what the time that they were given uh, in the main event. But uh, but again, like I think raw. It's funny that like, and I always say this, and I don't know if I'm going to jinx the writing the writing team or anyone there. Like these shows are never in sync as far as being hot shows and having things mm-hmm. going on. This is mm-hmm. a rare time where Raw and SmackDown are in sync with like really cool energy, whether it be returners or completely new characters on the show. But both shows are benefiting from a Keith Lee, from a Shayna Baszler finally getting going, and from a Roman Reigns return and a Sami Zayn return. Like they're really rolling because of that. Yeah, they're trying a lot of new fresh things. I'll give them that. The Roman Reigns thing is definitely fresh. The Bray Wyatt thing is fresh. Raw Underground is fresh. Um Kind of what they've been doing, you know, with the Keith Lee introduction, that's incredibly fresh. They've been trying new things, and it's not like 
And and the thing is, I don't want to bury Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman was trying new things as well. It's just that it was taking too long. And <laughs> and I think now that we have these kind of major moments and everything that's happening and they're making sure to compound all these fresh things with like major moments. Um we're getting a lot more exciting content on Monday Night Raw. I mean, you know. One thing I'm one thing I'm not excited about is the fact that the Street Profits and Andrade and Angel can't seem to fucking leave each other alone. I told you they wouldn't. <laughs> I told you it was not going to end. I knew it wasn't going to end. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about something. Let's talk about the end of that match. So Retribution shows up. Angel Garza says I'm grabbing my honey, and we no, are no, out no, of no, here. no, no. I'm grabbing my white woman. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it was a moment where the street prophets and Andrade were left in the ring, and they decided they were going to fight. And I also loved the whole Zelina, like, all right, fuck it, I'm j- we just gonna have to scrap. I'm from you know New York. This is how we get down. Um, we've never talked about anything on the show. Maybe apropos to save it for the 150. I don't know, but. I have a question for you. Who is this white woman? <laughs> Who is this white woman that's been on the show for like eight weeks? Who I thought this was like a special guest cameo, and she is fully on payroll at this point. Like she is. She's from been the seen on more shows than Mustafa Ali has been since he's returned. She's been. Listen, man. I I mean I got my own thoughts on Ali. I'm not gonna do it on the 150, but um. She's on the Bachelorette. She, I guess, is the star power here. She's, uh, I think, the Bachelorette. I, I don't know what season she's on. I, I did read a couple things about her. I, I don't know what the the end storyline is going to be here because she's been seen with Angel and Ivar, and she's just been kind of like back and forth. But it, but again, like leave it to a white woman to ruin many relationships and friendships. Listen, this is what's happening. Just be, here. just be on the show. I'm like, why is she still here? No offense, but why is she still? If this is a Viacom thing, like. There are other Viacom personalities that could be on this show. Like, I'm still confused of why she's still here. But you know what? I don't know if they think people love her. Maybe they do. Maybe this is like a Ryan Shamrock type of deal. Remember Ryan Shamrock? Yeah. <laughs> just kind of like a, a, a cast off. I don't want to say she's going to end up like Ryan Shamrock. But just someone that's just been, you know, cast off and just a featured player on the show. I don't know. I don't know. I can't. Who is this white woman? Um, speaking of white women, speaking of white women, which I don't normally say on the show, but I'll save it for episode one fifty. We got an interesting tag team match that happened on Raw. How weird was the team must never face each other, or team must break up at the end of this match between the Iconics and the newly reformed Riot Squad? Let me tell you telegraphed from the moment that they put the the chiron on the screen in the beginning of the show that was like oh, oh yeah. my god are they gonna do this <laughs> are they really there's gonna been do rum- this there's been rumors that vince mcmahon is extremely high on peyton royce what he sees i'm you know what does he sh- not maybe- see in billy k is my question what does he not see in Oof. Billy- maybe she's too funny she's, she's the funnier of the two She's I don't way think, funny. I don't think the, she sends me to Chuckle Town. I don't think I don't think either are particularly great in the ring. I thought the match they had on Sunday was like complete the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't even know oh, why. Oh, it was, was so was bad. It was bad. Weirdest thing I've <laughs> I, ever I, seen in my life. I chose I chose to ignore it on the show because 
the rest of the show was just so good, I'm just not going to acknowledge a match. But to break these two up, and if you are high on, on Peyton, that means Billy is more than likely SmackDown bound at this point, and she's she's done. They're gonna they're gonna well, they're not leaving the building, but they're gonna be a different show. Um, I mean, Billy might leave the building. <laughs> I I just don't I don't get the the thought behind it. What what character are you gonna make Peyton Royce? Is she gonna wear a leather jacket now? Like what what is what's gonna be her new thing? They will be back together by the end of 2021. I promise you. I just don't I see how you. you'd... I don't see how you'd see... And, and listen, man, I'm, I'm not like the highest on Liv either, but I don't see how you would how you would slot Peyton over Liv. I think Liv is a lot more advanced than... Yeah. ...than Peyton is. It's weird. I mean, I'm not going to say that, because I do think Peyton is much more advanced than Liv. It's just that Peyton is still... None of... None of them wow me in the ring. But I think to be giving this role to Peyton, it's setting her up for a lot, which to me is going to end up setting her up for a lot of failure. She has been, you know, there. there's a lot less expectations on Billy Kay, which is easier for her to blow it out the friggin' moon. It's kind of like the Miz and Morrison thing, right? Like Morrison was always the Shawn Michaels of the group. Oh, he's the Shawn Michaels. He's going to be. And, then, you know, five years later, Morrison is wrestling in Aztec temples and like all types of other shit. And the I, Miz I just, is former I, WWE champion. I, I'll raise you that Iconics reunion and I'll say that Peyton will be in a tag team with Natalia by 2021. Peyton might be in the, what was it, the Deadly Divas tournament over in AEW? <laughs> deadly <laughs> deadly oh tag God. tournament over? She, she might be by 2021. It could be the case. I don't know. It's weird. It's definitely a a, a, a weird decision by them, but we'll Billy see. Kay, if that's the case, Billy Kay will end up in a new tag team. I promise you. You, you know what would be funny if if they did a funny thing where they were trying to reform the team, but trying to do it under like different names or like maybe Billy wore a mask and that they like Adam Pierce, like takes the mask off and he's just like, Billy, go back to the back. You're not a team uh, anymore. That would be right. funny. Yeah. <laughs> that would be really funny. <laughs> I, this was just so boggling to me of breaking up the iconics, but Hey, and we've spent way too much time talking about this, by the way. So I mean, to be fair, this will be the last time we talk about the iconics for quite some time. <laughs> So, so are we still, there we go. When we finally when we finally meet, will we still do the iconics thing or were we gonna do something different? Uh no, we won't do that. I'm over All right. it now. Okay. Cool. Well, we've come up with a new tag team taunt to do. When we see each other for the first time. Uh anything else on Raw? Uh we had a Raw Underground. <laughs> Titus really? O'Neill is beating up <laughs> little white boys. Can we <laughs> talk about the hurt business beating up Cedric? Apollo and Ricochet every week, effectively destroying any type of belief that I have in these guys to be tough, cool, or a threat in any way. Um, it, it it's definitely a. a I don't, why are they still doing this thing? It's definitely a like a split down the middle. These are like the new kids on the block, but they're also like into like comic books and anime, and we're the tough old gruff black dudes. Who is it a know, rib? Is it a rib on millennials or or, or Gen Z? Is it, it might be. Or? It might be. You know what? Because all these guys are from 2008, and they're whooping these guys <laughs> from 2020, and I'm still confused on why it's happening. You had um, you had Apollo get hoed on backla or, or payback. You had Ricochet and Cedric. Oh, Ricochet appeared out of nowhere <laughs> on, on Raw. I was like, 
I didn't even think he was going to be on the show. They go to Raw Underground, which, again, uh, one thing I'm positive I will say about Raw Underground is that it's now mixing in storylines. So, like, if you have a problem with somebody, just go fight with no with no ref or uh, a, a relaxed rule with relaxed rules. Let's like, like actually go give him the hands for real. Like, it's almost like like that shit out there is fake. This shit out here is fake real. It's almost real. Shout out to shout out to Marina Shafir just in a full dress, just tossing tossing she chicks. Looked- she looked like she was dressed up for uh, like she was like a One Piece character. Like I was like, "What are you wearing? What is this?" <laughs> that was awesome. I love that. <laughs> uh, but I, I, again, like shout out to Jessamine and, and Marina. They finally found something for them to do that didn't involve them running ropes. So shout out to that. Like keep them on raw underground, bro. Like I, I never thought that they they like worked or meshed as anything but like heaters for Shayna. But finding something for them to do is just like amazing. And I and I think that you know. Have them defend the tag titles in Raw Underground with Shayna and I. Yeah. That would that be that be hard. Like, yeah. But well, actually, yeah. no, that would make sense because they're they're friends. So no, never mind. That was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it'd be cool. Speaking of Shayna and Nia, uh, uh, and and Oscar and and Mickey James and Lana and and uh, Natty women. That's yeah, women. A lot of women on the show. Oscar returned. How, shout out to Oscar for t- for getting a break. We're getting a week off. Okay. Just a nice little week off. Get a pay-per-view off. There's another pay-per-view next week. Oscar, we don't need you. You know? Yeah, we got the so, other titles on the line. So it looks as though we're going into either a triple threat Sasha or Sasha Banks tri- and Bailey are now back exclusively on SmackDown. We're blessed. Is- <laughs> we're blessed. <laughs> yes, there we go. It's this it's an exclusive SmackDown program now. You know. Look, th- think about how much think about how much breathing room the women on SmackDown have now that Sasha and Bailey aren't beating all of them every week. Listen, think about the breathing room that they have on Raw now that, you know, the the, the, the rest of the Raw roster isn't being shown up every week. I mean, we got our War Raiders match. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. You're right. We did. <laughs> Shout out to Tim, who said that Cedric would rather team up with uh with, with white people to take on brothers. <laughs> like, what a weird, what a weird tag team. And then Cedric Listen. or and then, and then Ricochet and Apollo ended up appearing anyway. So I was like, where were they in the first <laughs> first half of the show? <laughs> I'll tell you what they weren't doing. They weren't. They weren't fucking fighting well. Yeah, obviously. Um, do you like the direction they're going with Oscar? Yes, I, I think uh, again. You, you uh, when, once you get rid of Sasha and Bailey from the show, you give her people that uh, she can defend against. I love that they're giving. They're playing the long game with Shayna here. So, um, it's smart, which is shocking that I say this about this company uh, often, but it's actually smart that they're keeping Shayna and Oscar separated until absolutely possible. I think we might get Shayna and Oscar at Royal Rumble. Yeah, it's going. It's looking that way. Honestly, Oscar Mickey James is a great program. We've seen it before, but we it's been a while, so it's still kind of fresh. Even if they add an Italian to the mix, which I think that they should, um, it's still going to be a great program. I think they're doing amazing work. And, you know, just this is what everyone wanted to see, right? Like this is this is what and then we get Riot Squad is eventually going to face Shayna and and, and Nia Jax at one point at some pay per view or probably a clash. They're saying now clearly a clash. There will be all title matches at Clash, uh, which makes sense if you're going to do like that big Orton turn because then you would build. I think right now the 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 big hanging uh, issue right now is the fact that Keith Lee beat Orton one on one, so he still has that over Orton. So I'd have Orton beat Drew. Clash of Champions, and I'm going to say this again in four weeks. I think I think Orton's going to finally win it, and then you have either uh, you start Lee and McIntyre to try and get to Orton, and then you give Orton that month off, or or whatever. But the thing is, is like, don't nobody want to see Orton reigns in Survivor Series? 
No, so you got, that's why you I think it. Drew McIntyre is probably going to win. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Unless unless they do a quick turn and you just you just you're just not going to have Keith Lee win on a Raw though. That's just not what you do. Yeah. I would just love to see that match. I don't know. Uh, anything else happen on Raw? No, not really. I mean, it was I personally didn't enjoy much of Raw, but then again, I was watching possibly the 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 longest running storyline of the last 20 years in R&B, which is Monica versus Brandy. Um you could put that on a pay-per-view and I'd buy it. The tension would you could cut that with a knife, I tell you. You could. You could. They don't make programs like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um tonight we have NXT, so of course you can uh be on the lookout for the war report. Uh they will be talking Cyrus has a guest, I don't know who it is. <laughs> he never tells us. Uh but they're gonna be talking about uh NXT, big Super Tuesday uh, main event, the four hour Iron Man bar four four not four hour, holy shit. One hour, four away. <laughs> Iron Man it will seem like four hours. I'm sure it will. Not with commercials. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Not with the commercials. Um, and then you have Dynamite and All Out. So a big weekend for Cyrus uh, and his guests. So l- listen to all of those predictions and uh, outcomes this week on the War Report this week. Uh, again, make sure you a- listen to the Rewriters Room too. Make sure you Absolutely. listen to the episode of the Rewriters Room. Shawn Michaels broke his back. What happens if he doesn't break his back? Who knows? Um, uh, a lot more drugs, what? maybe? Who knows? Oh, uh, my God. I'm a, he'll find Jesus maybe earlier. Sooner. Who knows? <laughs> no, he finds Jesus way later. Like yeah. <laughs> 2000s. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> 2005. He's just like, oh, my God, Jesus. Where was um, So, yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you all. Once again, the listeners for making the A show what it is. 150. We got oh, my 50. God. Wait a minute. If Shawn Michaels never breaks his back. Like, he never opens that school. He never trains Daniel Bryan. You think he doesn't open the school? I think he would still open the school, just not be there. But who trained? Uh, Daniel Bryan doesn't go there if Shawn Michaels is not yeah, training. You're right. Wow. They don't talk about that Crazy, do they? right? <laughs> I don't think so, but. You what know if me. what I'm, if the rewriters room had brought that up? That's the new episode. What if the rewriters listen, room brought that up? I don't know. Listen, listen. We gonna t- we gonna we gonna talk about it. We gonna talk about it in a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, that's it, man. That's it. That's all we got. Thank you all for listening to the A Show for the past 150 weeks. Uh, we really appreciate our support. As always, please subscribe to our channel. Leave us five stars, of course. But once again, at me at OG Johnny Five or Meals at Meals TV. Tell us what you want to hear in the next fifty episodes. What you want us to talk about? Next fifty episodes is is fans' choice. To it's the road to two hundred, and from two hundred, you know, we we I don't know where we go from there, but there, there's a lot of shit going down. Um, but thank you through the through the slow times of of course the COVID era and that really weird raw period from 2018 where we hated every single show to now where it's starting to get popping again. Uh, we, we love all of you guys. Thank you for listening. And as always, please stay safe. Please wear a damn mask. And we'll see you guys later. Peace out. Happy Rusev Day. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cut that out. <laughs>